Bambo. Welcome back to the Take Six podcast with your host Sam. Today's episode features one of Kenya's most talented actresses on stage and screen, the challenges she's faced along the way and her journey to becoming a producer of her own films. Enjoy. Hi everyone. We're here with uh, a friend, another filmmaker from Nairobi. So, yeah. Uh, this wonderful warm day on, in in January. Quite surprising that it's not so hot like I expected. Young lady, please tell us your name. My name is Mwajuma. Mwajuma Bell. Bell is my artistic name. Spelled as B E W L E, French word. Oh, you're bougie like that. Mwajuma Bell Bahati. What does Bahati mean? I get confused about that. Bahati is a Swahili word that means luck. Luck, yes. Yes. Good Bahati Zuri, good luck. So, yeah. Okay. Nice. So, Bahati is your family name? Bahati is my family name. My surname, actually. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's quite interesting. Uh, that someone would have a surname meaning luck. <laughs> I know. You feel like luck follows you? I know that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It follows me. I'm glad I'm called Bahati. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm just wondering, like... Um, so we've had a lot of discussions recently about mm-hmm. filmmaking and the industry and everything in between. Yeah. And uh, you made a film recently that, uh, yeah. that I watched that was quite interesting. Glad. Yeah, why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> so the film is a short film. It's called uh, Phoenix. So last year, I was part of Berlin and the Talents. Mm, congratulations. Thank That's you very much. <laughs> As an actor, though. Does it matter? <laughs> I think it matters because then after being there as an actor, I came back to Kenya and decided to do a film not as an actor but as a producer. Mm. So now that was now that that was the challenge. So mm. after coming from Berlinale as an actor and being exposed to you know all aspects of filmmaking, mm-hmm. I just thought that it is time for me to also try you know push myself to the next level mm-hmm. because it's not every time that you're going to to get to work as an actor. Mm-hmm. Not every time you're on someone's set. Yeah. So how about even when I'm not on someone's set, try and create my own content. Yeah. Uh, try and produce. So yeah, I took the step and produced a short film, okay. Phoenix, which yeah. I'm really proud of. Okay. <laughs> and uh, there may be talk of a, <laughs> a longer version. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. That scares me. Yeah, no, I was, I was reading um, a magazine the other day and um, not the other day actually mm-hmm. past few days mm-hmm. and there's a forum called Content London where they do like TV series so they had these short films that they got from the Holy, Holy Shorts Film Festival yeah. I think that's what it's called in, in, in um, the US and there's a program there a, a, prog- a section in the, in the Content London program last year where they had like shorts that were, were possibly you know going to become series mm-hmm. oh. so you know so short films are, you know, at least we've known that they can be proofs of concept and things um, as feature films, as TV series. So, you know, it's not, a, it's not I mean, people like the film so far yeah, and the reaction like is, um, amazing. Yeah, yeah, varied at the same time. <laughs> yeah, varied at the same time. Yeah, everyone has a lot of feedback based on. Exactly. Based on, uh, I, don't, I don't think I understand the story very much. And someone is like, but don't you think the story means this and this and this and that? Which is very cool. Yeah. Because at that point, I didn't really have to explain as Mojuma. Before I could even explain what the film is about, someone else would have, who had watched the film literally wrote what the film is about. Ooh. So guys were like, oh, so you are the person who didn't quite understand the film. But it's apparently someone else watched it and understood it. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, everyone has their opinion on yeah. On what a film should be and what it shouldn't be and what the story is and you know you was you said the thing about how someone literally said what the film was about. Yeah, that was very interesting because um, if I totally didn't have anyone commenting or writing what the film is about, then it would mean that probably I missed totally missed something yeah. that no one could even just simply explain what the film is about. But I'm glad that we have a good number of people who understood what the film is about. But there are others who are like, uh, the story, it needs a sixth sense. Someone told me that. Mm-hmm. A sixth brain, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
Some of it, but you need a sixth brain for you to be able to understand it. Someone else was like, this was just so simple to understand. So I know. It took people, I don't know, people understood it differently. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, what I do know is that uh, when something's divisive, that means there's an, at least you've created some sort of effect. And not divisive from, of course, there's being divisive where it's like controversial. Mm. Someone makes a film and everyone's like, no. Mm. And so it's like, yes. Yeah. It's like kind of like that, that debate that goes on with the yeah. audience. And, yeah. I, and I think that's, if you know, if you make a film like that, then yeah. that's great. I mean, if you make a film that everyone likes, then, then yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's nice. But then you, you, sometimes you don't get the feedback you need from the audience in that way. Yeah. So sometimes you need people who say, no, that doesn't make sense. But then you're like, okay, so where did I miss? Exactly. Then again, also, I think with such kind of um, feedback, it helps you in your next, you know, the next time you want to do a film or something like this, then probably you want that would still be at the back of your mind. Mm. Let the story be so clear. At least let someone not struggle too much to understand what the script is all about. And yeah, yeah you know, so it's okay. Yeah, no, and like makes sense. Um, yeah. So we're, going, we're kind of going backwards in time. So we're going to start. You, you, you're producing a film, but you were an actress. Yes. So why did you go into producing? Because then we'll go back to your journey as an actress. Yeah. An actor. Why a female actor? Female actor. <laughs> I don't know why you insist on calling ourselves female actors, but anyway, <laughs> female actor. <laughs> yeah. So why did I start to produce? Is yeah. that your question? Yeah. I wanted to challenge myself in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, being an actor for some time, close to, I think, around nine years. Okay. And uh, at times you have that dry spell in this industry where there's just no one is calling you for anything. Yeah. There's just, you know, there's just that period where... So then I just thought to myself that if I probably want to sort of, you know do something different that would be producing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's how, that's why I, I, I did this film. That's why I decided to, you know, just jump in there, just, you know, just learn, just jump in there and learn yeah. and go on. Yes. So that's why. Okay. Because I, I um, interestingly, uh, I've seen a number of actors recently start to get really into producing their own work. And I think one of the motivators is that when you're waiting for work, mm -hmm. you're not in control yeah. of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Someone tells you, oh, we have a film. 200 people audition for it. Yeah. There is no guarantee that you yeah. have the part. Yes. Unless someone wrote specifically for you. Mm. And that's still not a guarantee. Exactly. So put you, you're, you're basically what they're doing is putting themselves in the driver's seat, which is sort of what, which makes make sense also from your point of view. Mm -hmm. Although... You're not acting in this one. Yes. <laughs> so what people do is that they make projects, they put together projects for themselves. For themselves. But for me, I don't know whether that would change, but for me, um, when I think about a project where I am not acting, so that means I am producing, I don't, I really don't think I would put myself in there as an actor. Like for Phoenix, I, I did the casting. I was the yeah. casting director and uh, of course the producer. Because then there is just a lot to run, you know, like there's a lot of running on set. There's just a lot of things to sort out yeah. and I need, you know, like everything has to be put together in a certain way. So yeah. I'm thinking if I am again on set and I am acting yeah. and producing, it's going to be difficult. But when we were doing Phoenix, I almost got to that point because there's this specific role where I was casting and every time I got an actor, they're like, no, I can make it now. No, I thought, you know what? Mm. Who said this role has to be done by a man? I am a woman. Why can't I do this role? And then apparently, even in the film, the role has been done by a woman. Yeah. Marianne. And it's amazing. She did a brilliant yeah, job. Yeah, it was uh, actually, I, I thought it was, I thought it was intentional actually that mm. you done it like that. No, no, no. The role was for a guy. Actually, I'd cast three different guys in the industry who eventually were not able to do it. Then one night, I just sat and I thought, who said it has to be a man? <laughs> why can't I do it? And then I thought, producing and acting at the same time, why can't you get a female actor to do it? That's how I got Marianne for the yeah. role. I mean, like, producing and acting maybe so it's hectic. Mm -hmm. But now imagine producing, directing, and acting. That's even worse. Yeah, because then you, how do you, how how are you able, how are you going to 
what's the um how are you going to censor yourself and i don't mean censoring the point of stopping yourself like how do you how are you performing and watching yourself yes. and mm-hmm. you know yeah doing all that at the same time exactly so okay so then now we go back in time actress is what led you to to acting uh what led me to acting i think just high school when you want to be out of school because you you're tired you want to go and meet other people out there mm-hmm. that's how i started when was this when i was in high school mm. years back yeah i tell you the age my age age ain't nothing but a number <laughs> anyway yeah so when i was in high school i started doing you know those things for high school plays here and there mm-hmm. yeah and that's how i started Then after that I was a student at the Alliance Francaise. Mm-hmm. But then I saw an audition. There's like, "Ah yeah, so I was acting in school. Why not try this?" Mm-hmm. And that is just how I got it. Okay. That is how I got it. Okay, and uh, was it what you envisioned it to be when you started? No, 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 not at all. When I started, I just thought it's going to I didn't know it has challenges as I have faced throughout, you know, the years that I've been in it. When I started I just thought it was just an extra thing that I'm doing because mm-hmm. I was an accounting student. Oh. Then I was learning French at the Alliance Française. Mm-hmm. So I just thought you know that extra thing. But then mm-hmm. I got into it and I got into it. And yeah. now it's not that extra thing but it is my livelihood. I live from, you know, doing this basically. Okay. Yeah. You know because um being Ugandan and I mean I've acted before mm-hmm. and um It's not my main thing, mm-hmm. right? I, I do it once in a while because I, I enjoy it, you know, especially being on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that um, you could live on it entirely? I would say it's possible, but it will take it takes time mm-hmm. for you to develop your brand to that level, and also uh, it takes a lot of uh, I don't know discipline and a lot of commitment for you to you know grow to that point where now you don't really have to look for work and people are just you know calling you and you know come and do this and this and that yeah yeah it's possible that it takes a lot of time okay. takes, but then again i think there are actors who are very good and they're at that level where their brand is good but they're also doing something else on the side mm-hmm. I I usually I honestly I don't know what to say about that because at times I think then for me as Majuma it would divert me from really concentrating on you know my work as an actor or as a producer. Yeah. Yeah, because then if I have a day job 8 to 5, what time mm. am I learning the script? What time am I It's tricky. It's tricky, you know. I mean, you have a lot of Bahati teams because <laughs> sincerely I I don't know many actors who consider this as their primary profession given the fact that you know the opportunities are few and far between you're always waiting for work yeah and unless you're the kind of actor like you mentioned who someone just called and says yeah. look there's this part come yeah not even to audition yeah, just, just say, oh, come. Probably, just come yeah. you're available yeah. yes no maybe you know so then you're spoiled for choice but then it, it takes time like you said you know, it takes time. investment and uh, the other challenge i've observed is that there're not so many acting programs you know a lot of people are focused on training technicians mm. training your camera operators yeah. training your editors yeah. training assistant directors in fact even assistant directors are not even really? really i don't even think i've seen that i don't know yeah first ad workshop first ad <laughs> one person uh, used to do them you know oh yeah yeah Oh. It's every because every every time they made a film you know you had uh, you had the different departments in those different departments mm-hmm. you know they'd bring like an expert slack mm-hmm. who they'd call a mentor who basically supervise guys as they on set or as they prep for the shoot mm-hmm. so that, yeah in that way they were getting trained mm-hmm. yeah which is a good thing yeah but like for acting it's not something people focus on a lot it's kind of like writing yeah or even writing but even writing i think this is better yeah but yeah. acting acting is a physical thing like you're not going to look you're not going to learn acting online entirely mm-hmm. at least with writing you can with acting you practice practice you need to do it as much as probably you'd want to learn online you need to you know literally be there and do it 
Yeah, but then now, like for example, you went to the Balinala for the Balinala talents for for that. So, would you say that completely changed your view of acting? Oh my God! Talking about Balinala and my acting career, that changed my view. You didn't just tell us about Balinala, actually. Oh. I want to hear. <laughs> Balinala Talent Campus is a program that happens uh, in Berlin. It's an annual thing mm-hmm. where. Every department in the film industry gets to apply. Every person, like everyone from around the world, you're, there's an opportunity for you to apply for it mm-hmm. in your different departments. And then you get picked. And then you go to Berlin and stay there over some time. And if you've probably applied as an actor, then you're in the actor's studio. If you're a DOP, you're in the DOP studio. But at the same time, as much as the talents is running, there's the Berlin Film Festival running concurrently. Yeah. So there is, of course, the films that are showing at the film yeah. market. There is there's just a lot that is put together, even as much as you are there as an actor. Yeah. So it gives you an opportunity whereby, as much as you are there, you're in the acting studio, in the evening, go for a film. Yeah. Get to probably plan a meeting with, I don't know which director who's at the Berlinale at that time. Yeah. Get to, I don't know, do because then everyone who speaks, there's a database where you get to know, like you can easily access whoever you've read their profile and you yeah. know you'd be interested to probably meet them and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's that's what Berlinale is all about. And uh, that one I would tell anyone and everyone... It's a very good platform. Okay. Totally. Yeah, and then I mean you've you've gone to this wonderful program, super inspired, because I would imagine yeah. being in this space where you're meeting like people from around the world, yeah. you're interacting with different ways of working, you know, the training is there as well, yes. on top of the meetings and yeah. watching these amazing films. What happens afterwards? Like you come back and like <laughs> So now that's where the problem is. <laughs> That is why I usually say, I really wish there was counseling. You just need to come back and find someone to sit down with you and tell you, okay, now you are back. Uh-huh. I know you're burning. What should we do? You know, just something. Because I personally, my own experience was after I came back, I think I went through a period of where I was just deep. I just felt depressed the entire time. Mm. Because then I just felt like I have so much that is in me that is burning too much. Yeah. I don't have an outlet. Yeah. Yeah, and if I'm if I'm called on set as an actor, it's the same old like ah yeah 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 yeah. Probably the professionalism that I expect that maybe now I think should be there is still yeah. not there. Yeah, and you're in this space. Ah, it's not easy. It's not easy when you come back. It's not easy. But for me, when I came when I came back, from that point is when I started thinking about what's the other different thing I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is why how producing came came to mind, and that's how. I got myself to where I am now. Okay, so I think I think what you're saying is basically like, so that obviously seeking out the training, yes, abroad or wherever yeah. you can find it, yeah. But not just even when you when you've gone having a plan afterwards, because again, the challenge of being an actor is that you're always expecting, and I think all every professional now has to think as a producer mm-hmm. of some sort. Either you're investing in the making of a film or you're participating in the making of a film, you're creating a film or whatever kind of audiovisual content. So obviously if you're going for these kind of trainings and uh, you know workshops and learning opportunities, coming back, you know, you should go knowing when I come back, this is what I'm going to do. So even at the point of application, you need to, I think the point is not just what can this training do for me as a professional, exactly. but also when I go and come back, what is the next step? That's, that's true. But then you see, I totally agree with what you're saying, but then it so happens that at times when you go for this forums, you don't really, you don't know even at times what, you, what you're going to experience there. Mm. You're sort of just you're like excited. Oh, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> you don't quite know exactly what. I'm yeah. so glad that before I went, one of the people who was there as a talent had a meeting with me. Oh, that's true. To sort of just tell me what, you know, what to be prepared for. Well, and good. I think it's, import- it's important to have that because then when you go there, you can get confused. And, uh, yeah, there's just a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. I went for a five-day summer school mm. in, in Germany as well. And, um, oh, I interacted with them. These are like people who are kind of like at the academic level. I was representing one fine day who I used to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
these guys took up a film. It was so inspiring meeting people, talking to them, just sharing minds, like knowledge and just experiences. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought, you know, what what I'd like what I'd like to definitely what what really helped was that when I came back, mm-hmm. I produced a film because oh. when I was, oh. that was that was already on the, on the on the cards. I got back Thursday, Friday I was on location. Saturday, Sunday I was shooting. Hey, yeah, and that, that's what helped because then the next. Uh huh. Um, my name is Brian. Doing a sound test, so I hope the sound is good and um, also recording. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, and we're back from that lovely short break where we did nothing. Gossip, (laughs) gossip is good. Yeah. So, so just tell me, um, theater. We spoke some time about audiences in uh, Nairobi and. who comes and who doesn't mm. and what people are looking out for and what they're not. I'll give a comparison. So in Uganda, mm. uh, a lot of local dramas have massive audiences. And when you have like these English plays in the theatre, the national theatre, not so well patronised. Mm-hmm. So what's it like in Kenya? I think in Kenya, different productions have different kind of audiences. Mm. All the same, like what you just talked about. Uh, the local, especially comedy. Yeah. The local productions that are doing comedy, and maybe in vernacular language, which so far we just have one, and that's Kikuyu, that has a massive audience. Yeah. Like those guys, their shows are usually sold out even before. And it's not easy to have a show sold out in Kenya before it premieres. Mm. Probably the rest of the shows would, would, would you know, be sold out after people have seen the first show and they're like, now yeah. what goes out there? Yeah. But then talk of the Kikuyu plays, ah, sold out. Talk of Heartstrings, they're doing comedy. Sort mm. of, yeah, yeah, sold out. And those are in English, right? Uh, uh, yeah, for Heartstrings, yeah. it's in English. For, but for Fanaka, who are doing Kikuyu plays, those ones are usually sold out. Yeah. But then for these other theatre companies that are coming up, we have different companies that have sort of aligned themselves to a certain kind of genre, if so to speak. Yeah. So And they sort of have built their own audience, you know, like even for the English plays. There's a group I used to know, I don't quite remember what they're called, but they do their shows at the Braven. Mm-hmm. And... Um, She's also white, but she lives here in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Her shows are usually sold out. But as a Kenyan, if you go to this play, you might be three or four Africans. The rest of the people are white. I see. Yeah. This is this is something we tend to have with, uh, excuse me, with contemporary dance. Mm. Yeah, you have a lot of foreign foreigners, mm. specifically white foreigners. White foreigners. Yeah. Yeah. So which is which is quite quite strange. Mm. I mean, like, you're almost wondering, are we making the right content exactly. for the audiences? But do continue, sorry. But then again, some of these people, like for instance, if you asked uh, Heartstrings who are doing comedy, why not try a different genre? They'll be like, but then you're going to lose our audience because the audience is already used to that kind of uh, genre. So if you probably one day they decide to do, say, Thriller, mm. wow, bad reviews. That was <laughs> a bad show. Like the audience literally would write that. Really? There's a time I think there's a group, FCA, they used to do farces a lot. One time mm. they tried that thriller. I was part of that production. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> After the opening night, the rest of the days, the audience numbers just went, you know, down. went down. It went yeah. down. So it depends with your production and how, I, I don't know what clientele you built. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that um, there is, okay. I have a belief that there is audience for film, specifically, like local audiences for films. Do you think there's a local audience for theater that we're not tapping into? Uh, that's really, I, I'm, I'm really not sure about that. Mm. Honestly, I don't know. And if there is, probably, uh, I don't know. We haven't explored that side. I don't know. Or maybe they just, I don't know, really. I'm not very sure about that. <laughs> totally. Or do you think like the, the 
online content. Okay, actually, the DVD came and killed us, you know, pirated films. I would say that. I would okay. say that because at times people don't see the need to go and watch, you know, like in the film, in the cinema halls and stuff like that. Yeah. So someone just sits and waits for, you know, the DVD uh, to come out and then, then, then they can watch it. But then again, also distribution of the films. Yeah. yeah. And even uh, marketing, even after a film is done, I think there's a very, very big problem when it comes to that. Because at times, even as an actor, I meet someone who's not in the industry and then I ask, by the way, have you watched my film? They're like, what film? Yeah. But from where I am, I'm thinking, but I, I thought this film is out there. Like, people have seen it. People are actually talking about it. But then if you sit down and look at it properly, it's the people who are in the industry that are talking about it. Mm. So that means that the local people don't know. Do not know what is going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I find that as a very, very big problem. And, and then it perpetuates this idea that there is no local audience. I really don't understand how that is the case. Because if you look at Nollywood, Nollywood's success internationally, when I say internationally, I mean on the African continent, was because other audiences of Africans watched those films. Mm. In the early 2000s, my God, the VCD mm. murdered us, and the mm. DVD, and like, everyone's speaking Nigerian accents in mm. my house. Like, how is this even possible? Mm-hmm. So, you, so if someone starts to tell me that uh, there is no audience for films, local films, I totally disagree. Yeah. I think that it, there is, actually. It's just that uh, we do not, you know, uh, get the word out there in the yeah. right way. Yeah. Right timing, maybe, as well. Do marketing before even the film is out. Yeah. So, But I think if that's done in the right way, then probably we're going to, you know, hack that side. Yeah. And, 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 and look, it would be easy for me to say that or we, we, we spend so much of our money trying to make the film. First of all, getting the money for the film is one thing. Mm. That even marketing it is, is such a challenge. Mm. And it, it's easy for me to say that. But then I think that's kind of defeatist. Mm-hmm. We all know that's the problem. Mm-hmm. There is no mechanism in place to support the industry. But then how are we going to work within that, that framework? Because we can't just use that as a reason for mm-hmm. the rest of our lives. Yeah. We are making these films and they, they must be seen. The mm-hmm. stories must be told. Yeah. So what's the way? You know, that's now how we should be thinking. We shouldn't be thinking from the point of, oh my God, the government isn't helping us. We need to find a strategy, I think, on how that one can be handled. Because at the end of the day, you make a film so that at least it can be seen by people. Yeah. Because at times you don't make money out of it. Exactly. And that's what's sad because, yeah. you know, like, I mean, we're talking about this, you know, you make a film, a short film, specifically short films. Oh, yeah. You know, you make a short film and how, first of all, you're, you're trying to get it to the festivals, festivals don't take it. And then you're wondering, okay, so where do I show it? Mm-hmm. Ends up on your hard drive. How much money do you spend on it? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's money you're not going to get back. Mm-hmm. So at least you should get an audience to watch it. At least. At the very least. At the very least. At the very least. Yeah. Because not everyone's going to go to YouTube. Mm. And that's the other thing. That, that we have everything. Like, you have films on YouTube. Some on Vimeo. Some like everywhere. Like, in different places. And someone's going to ask me, like you said, where do we see the film? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I was talking to my wife this morning. And people were like, she was like, people talk to her and ask her, so where's this film? Where do I see your films, you know? Mm. And you don't, you have no answer for that. Exactly. You know, the TV stations are not playing that stuff. Oh, no. And which is, interestingly, I think there would be an actual slot for TV stations to play. So you just program mm. a whole hour of short films. Oh, so having said that, there's something that I saw uh, the film festival Machao would try and do. That was sometime last year. They were trying to go to the local, um, what do I say? Broadcasters. Yeah, broadcasters. At, no, no, local sitting places. Like, for instance, they went to Dago's, that's a place in Dago Reiti. Oh, and I they were that. showing the films, like the top five of the films. They're having a little bit of a discussion mm. where producers and directors of the films are present. And they were showing it to, it was actually free and open to anyone, any member of the public. Yeah. For me, I thought that was a good idea. 
Yeah. Because then we had guys who just probably just go to that place, live in Dagoriti, who would see something like, oh, so there's something called Macho. Oh, there's a film festival. Mm. Ah, oh, and it shows films. You know, something like that. Yeah. That was a good idea. Yeah, and I think well, short films are a wonderful opportunity to build audience. That's mm. the thing, because they're short enough, you know, even the matatus themselves, you know, mm. like you see all these screens showing this music day yeah. in, day out. Why not have like five minutes or ten minutes of a bus ride for a short film? That would be fantastic. Yeah, and, and you know, they don't have to pay you in the beginning. You know, you don't have to take money. That's a good idea. The point is that, you know, you're, you're just building yeah. audience. Yes. So people see, ah, and it's also good research because you could see the matatu ride yeah. one day. And you listen to feedback and like, hmm, okay. So exactly. people are connecting with my film or they're not. Mm. This is what makes sense. This is what doesn't make sense. Mm. And kind of like, you can even engage people in the discussion without them knowing who you are. Oh, well, yeah. Exactly. You know, because exactly. I, I've seen some of these uh, Just for Laughs clips mm-hmm. in there. Mm. You know, you're like... And people are actually into it. Just for Laughs. People are actually engaged. People are watching. They're actually connecting with whatever it is that they're watching. So why not a short film? Exactly. And then... How many matatus do we have? Anything. Like, Especially those ones that are on long routes with oh, traffic. Uh-huh. When you're going to Rongai. Oh, I've never, I've never been just... to Rongai. Because <laughs> <laughs> whenever in Kenya we talk about uh, places that are very far from the CBD. Yes, Rongai comes number one. Karen, Gong, Kitengela. They are very far. And yes. the traffic is usually very bad. Yes. So, I mean, that's a good opportunity right there. Screen one or two. Exactly, and yeah. it doesn't cost you money. Exactly, and those guys don't have to. Like the thing is, also, we have to think longer term. If we're going to get people to watch these films, we have to get to them where they are. Mm-hmm. And look, you don't have money for marketing. Fantastic, I get it. You can even play trailers for your feature films. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that idea on. Actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good idea because that way, when it comes out, whether it's on DVD or in the cinema. Someone already knows months and months, you know, of watching this in the Matatu, mm-hmm. you know, that's possible. Yeah. There are these Possibly. cabs that also have like uh, TV screens, mm-hmm. Ride, R-Y-D-E, like mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I've seen this one. Yeah. yeah. In some Matatus and also in like, mm-hmm. and a lot of Matatus have screens. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, that's the thing. There's a plan, like. We're literally staring this solution in mm. the face. Mm. Every day we see the matatu. And that's the audience we should be targeting because then if you want to sell, cinema is not a bad thing. The mm. problem with cinema is that it feels too elitist. Mm-hmm. And so people are not going to engage with it because they don't think they they fit mm. there or it's too expensive. Yeah, it's too expensive. It's not at the CBD. Who's going to go all the way to prestige? I've heard people talk like that. Oh, that's just too far. Exactly. You know? But the DVD guy is literally two steps away from his house. So yeah. he's like, you know what I could do? I could literally go and, you know, buy it for mm. 30 bob, 50 bob, 100 bob. Mm. He has it right there. You know? But then it has to start with sensitizing the people, you know, from the point mm. of I'm engaging with this content. And even just screen, sorry, even just screen a short film and maybe probably if there is a feature film that's coming up, put up an advert there after exactly. that one. So that people already know, like if they've seen the film and they've liked it, so they realize, oh, so there's this and this, you know, coming up. Because at the end of the day, they just do not know what's going on. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's about knowledge. It's, yeah. You know, like in Uganda, when you have these big concerts by MTN and blah, 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 the radio stations, those guys advertise for months. Mm. You know? Like, it's literally bombarding you. Not just billboards. They're literally bombarding you with this information, information every day, every day, every day. And they're not very expensive, but they pack out. That it makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So, same thing. Like, you make a film, you know, it's coming out in a few months, start Giving like teasers, mm. what mm. build anticipation, the point of anxiety. Mm. People are like, okay, can this film come out already? Mm. So when it comes out, they're like, eh. and then now the next step would be where to exhibit. Mm. That's now the other, the other challenge is where to exhibit. But you know, with the short films, at least already it's something that you know, yeah, comes to the minds of people, and they get used to uh, Kenyan filmmakers making stuff. Mm. Because to be honest, 
um, not everyone gets into a film festival. Mm -hmm. That's for sure, you know. And I've, I've had uh, the challenge of having sent things to film festivals. One of the regulations is you should not have exhibited your film in a public platform, mm -hmm. whether online, on TV, or in the cinema. So they also want exclusivity, but now you've made your film and you've made it for the for the festivals mm -hmm. and you can't show it anywhere else. Yes. And you're telling people, oh, I made a film, I made a film, I made a film, but no one's seeing it. No one's seeing it. You know? Yeah. And also now you as the actor or the producer, mm -hmm. you're constantly with your hands tied, mm -hmm. like, how do I make my next one? Yeah. But here's the fantastic <laughs> thing. If you want financing for your next film, mm -hmm. You just tell the, the person, oh, my film is showing in a hundred matatus in Nairobi. Yeah. My short film. Yeah. Those are eyeballs. How many, yeah. how many, on average, there are at least 30 people in a matatu, in a matatu. at one time. Yeah. You know? So that's 30 people who are watching your thing. Mm -hmm. And there could be 30 unique people at the time. Even 20. Even 20. So that's at least a hundred matatus. If they're in a hundred matatus, 20 people at one time. Yeah. That's 2,000 people. Already, one route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many routes are there during the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons. Yeah. So you see, like you're you're creating a possibility for a lot of people to watch your stuff, mm -hmm. so that when you finally wow. make that huge thing, you know, people already can you know relate to ah, oh, this is the same. Oh yeah, that's the guy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but also now I, I go back to the theater discussion, like, like mm -hmm. the audience. So like you have high strings, you tell them to make a. Uh, the FCA make this thriller mm -hmm. when their people are used to a different thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe it's not a bad thing to kind of give yourself that kind of brand if that's mm -hmm. what you built your audience as. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe people start to know you for a certain kind of thing. Or if you want them to know you for a variety, then you have to release a variety of genres. Otherwise, people are going to always know you as the guy who makes comedy. Comedy, yeah. Or the guy who makes thriller. Yeah. Like, there was this filmmaker, God rest his soul, Wes Craven. Mm -hmm. He only did horror. And you knew. Mm -hmm. Wes Craven did did a movie. It was a horror. Mm. You just knew it. Um, you know, Ridley Scott, mostly sci-fi. Mm. James Cameron, same thing, sci-fi. You know, like, already you know in your head <laughs> what to expect. Yeah. You know? So that's also something that, uh, again, also comes down to when you're considering like acting mm -hmm. or you know, people being typecast, you know. And I think I'll be typecast as the funny guy. Or... Is that a good or a bad thing? I've always wondered about this specific uh, topic. Typecasting? Yeah. Really missed Yeah. Why? I mean, like, on the one hand, it's a good thing if it means more, a lot of work. And it also depends on what, what your vision of your career is because some people see themselves as com like they're in the business to make money. Mm -hmm. and they want the largest possible audience ever. Mm -hmm. And that's valid. There are those people who are about doing highly artistic work and always wanting to push themselves, you know, not just making a mass, nothing mm. about just mass. Mass appeal, yeah. but doing stuff that really touches them and really speaks about what they want to say in the world. Mm. So it really depends on what where you sit. Yeah. If you're a mass audience, then definitely you're going to probably be typecast. Typecast, yeah. and that's probably what's going to work for you. Look yeah. at The Rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, The Rock really. I'm not expecting too much from him. Really. <laughs> No, 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 I mean, in terms of, I'm not going to expect him to do, like, some serious yeah, art yeah, house yeah, drama. Yeah. You know, but a guy, uh, someone like um, Joaquin Phoenix, who did mm -hmm. The Joker recently, mm -hmm. I'll expect him to do, like, independent films, you know, really artistic work, you know. Mm -hmm. So, me, I'm already expecting that. So, typecasting may not necessarily be a bad thing. Could Get actually work in your favor. Yeah, yeah, it could. If you want the monies, especially. Exactly. And the big following. Yeah. Mm -mm. So, yeah. <laughs> I kind of sit somewhere in between. Me too. Because uh, at times I'm like, well, it's all right. At times I'm like, really? Then how am I an actor if I can only just do one kind of, you know? Yeah. I can't be linear. I have to be able to do, to play different things. And not, not to disparage uh, this, but okay, I won't mention the names <laughs> because then it becomes, uh, yeah. yeah. There are people in the industry and uh, 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're basically seen as a certain thing. Yeah. And every film, everything you see them in, they're just chances cool. are. Oh, no. I won't mention Kenyan names, but I'll mention international names. Like? Is that uh, like, a, like a Tom Cruise of this world? Mm. Uh, that one I know. That one I know. When he, when he does a film these days, it's more or less the same thing. Mm. So, you know, um, I don't know. I guess it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. So, what, like, for you, mm. um, what kind of work are you looking to do? You know, what do you want to say in the world, for me, I'm just, uh, for one, I'm just looking at being very experimental, if, if that makes sense to you. Or probably it, doesn't, it hasn't even made sense to me as I talk about it. But experimental, do those things that probably someone has not thought about. Because in the actual sense, at times you may come up with an idea and you think, oh, this is very unique. Until mm. you meet, I don't know, <laughs> something very similar. You know, for instance, right now, Phoenix can be something that is, um, I don't know, probably people around have not quite seen it. Yeah. But then if you look, if you just step out of probably our vicinity, you'd realize, ah, yeah, yeah. It was then 1980s, like you something, 80s, yeah. you mentioned something like this. Yeah. So for me, I'm just looking at something very experimental, simple, but very experimental. And of course, even for genres, I haven't really thought about what if I want to align myself to just a specific kind of genre. Yeah. I really do not. I, I don't think so. I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. I just want to go all out, spread my wings and see and see how far I can Probably after doing that is when maybe I can sort of, you know, align myself to a specific kind of, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, as I grow older, I realize that uh, having something to say in the world is quite important. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just, anyone can make a film. Anyone can tell a story. So even if it's like a mass appeal type of film, even if it's a comedy, like what about it? If I, if I were to watch it, 10, 20 years from that day mm-hmm. of release, will I be, will my voice be able, will, I, will someone be able to distinguish what I really want to say mm-hmm. about the society at the, the time? Because there are opportunities for that. Yeah. Um, talking about that, I think for me right now, what comes to my mind uh, is, uh, and why I would say this is because uh, I have been involved on issues about women a lot. And mm. right now, women in film industry is one of those things that I am, I am part of here in Kenya, something that's really sort of starting out. Yeah. And also, when I was in Berlin, I was also part of such a forum. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, currently an alumni for this, for this forum. Mm-hmm. So as a filmmaker right now and especially as a producer i'm just if i think about where my strength can be and, and where i can excel most or get my work to be seen by lots of people is probably do a film that you know centers on topics and issues about women and pull in you know as more uh, female persons into the project as much as i can yeah yeah and having said that, I think sometime this year I'm also planning to, I've, I've always wanted, and I'm looking at this year, at doing a film where the entire cast and crew is made of just Totally. And even if that script has a male role, can it just be done by a woman deliberately? Okay. So that we know this, this is a man, but we can see this is a woman doing this, but I don't know how different that can be, but mm. that's what I'm thinking about. Because just like theatre, so you usually have theatre where we know yeah. uh, someone jumps in and out of rules. Yeah, you yeah. can clearly see this is a woman playing a, um, a male kind of role. And yeah, so for now. That should be interesting. For now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, um, it's one of, you know, that's an interesting discussion. Like, w- women, female representation mm-hmm. and uh, inclusivity and, you know, I don't want to use the word diversity because diversity is a, a bit of a misdirect mm-hmm. in the sense that it almost suggests that <laughs> yeah it's it's no I have a problem with it mm-hmm. I, can, I feel like it's not descriptive enough mm-hmm. I think the term inclusion is quite interesting because mm-hmm. a lot of the film industry especially behind the camera you have a lot of women who have been sidelined in like particular positions and obviously, 
people creating spaces for women and different gender yeah. identities and different races. Mm-hmm. It may seem like a fad right now, like a thing, but the thing is, it should be the norm. Why can't it be the norm? Yeah, you know, we shouldn't even have to talk about it. Yeah, because there's so many like the, the variety of people in the world is definitely clear to the world to everyone that we should be having people. You know. Yeah. And then the question would be, how do you get the mal- the people who are not in these positions in a in a position where they can actually take up these roles? Mm-hmm. You know, as say a cinematographer. DOP or sound recordist or you know production design. You know, there are certain roles that are kept away from women. So how do you do that? How do you create that space and how do you get people uh, prepared to be proficient? That for me is like a, a key thing. Because mm-hmm. it's not just enough to create the space, you also have to prepare people. Yeah to step into that space. And by prepare people, you mean prepare, uh, like for instance, the actual people you want to involve as crew who are women or prepare the world for a film that is made from a, you know, an all women crew and cast or what exactly? No, the world will sort itself out. Really. <laughs> it, will <find> it. <laughs> it will find itself. What, what, I mean like the women, the people on the set, mm. you know, and I mean like providing like training or mentorship or, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. I think providing mentorship for those especially who have not really been on uh, being, for those who have not been at that position is, is very key. But I tend to think there are women, which I found out recently, yeah. that apparently have been in this space. And at times you can actually be surprised to realize that some of them know much more even than the men, the men that are doing these jobs on yeah. set. You know, so only they have not been trusted enough to be given that that driver's seat. There's only there you find them as the core driver or that person who sits at the back left. You yeah. know, look from afar. Yeah, you are as and as you you're not like for instance a sound guy, male and female. You'd find that the male will be given primary sound guy and then assistant sound. <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, and maybe if we sit down and think, probably she is. She knows much more than I don't know. I mean, I mean it's just uh, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like I remember that that pre-conference that we we made in film pre-conference that we we With attended. Was it in November? Well, yeah, it was in November, not December. When did we do that year? I think December. Yeah, actually December twenty nineteen. Yeah, and I. It was quite, you know, I happened to be an observer. And I wanted to ask questions. And I, I, was, and I looked I was, at you because I was like, what is Sam doing in this city? <laughs> Why? I was brought in to observe. Oh, but I, I, find, I, I found it quite, quite interesting because I wasn't allowed to participate. I remember. And I it, was, it was sort of frustrating. But then I thought, you know what? It's not about me. <laughs> I had to tell myself that. Yeah. Because usually when I go for these things, I always, I, I make a point to ask questions. But, yeah. you know, in that space, you know, women needed to speak about themselves. Mm. You know, that was its purpose. Mine yeah. was to observe and see, okay, where do I how do I provide an avenue for women? And, mm. and I've been a, a little deliberate little deliberate with the kind of work that I produce mm. these days mm. in that and because also not having had access myself mm-hmm. for a long time, mm-hmm. I'm also coming from that space. Mm. And so now I'm thinking, okay, why not have the women, you know, Create a space, co-produce with them, produce yeah. with them, you know, yeah. provide support, you know, um, listen, see where you fit in. If you need to learn something, sometimes what you're saying doesn't make sense. And I have been, sometimes I've said problematic things and I, you know, <laughs> and then I've been put in my place and I'm like, oh, okay, so I get it. Okay. Yeah, so it's all right. Okay. It's a for me as well. Yeah. I don't know everything. Yeah. And, you know, so that kind of collaboration and conversation and I believe, you know, not in creating an exclusive space for women, but basically having a set that has a fairly equal number of genders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of complicated because sometimes the positions are not even. Yeah. <laughs> so like you have 20. 20. 20 10 women, it's only 10, 10, 10, 10, 5, I don't know. No, 3 or yeah. 8. Like, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not defined. It's you know? not defined, that's true. But at least I try as much as possible to 
to create that space, mm-hmm. especially, you know, because I know what it's like to be outside mm. and having to get in. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's um it's a constant Yeah, so what's the future like for you? Okay. The future is a bit far. Twenty mm-hmm. twenty. You spoke about this film that you want to do mm-hmm. that has all females. Strictly. All females. Um, what else is on the cards for you, 2020? Uh, well, for me, I think um, 2020 is just to expound my knowledge for status as a producer because it's a field that I've just jumped into mm-hmm. from last year, and that's in November. So this year, meet as many producers as much as possible because it's something I had, we had, I had a discussion with you and you talked about the fact that most producers are not trained and they do not yeah. really know what it takes um, you know, to produce a film. Yeah. The pre, during, and, and post. You know, yeah. like literally plan and plan well. Because if I want to excel in this, then I think I need to have know-how. Yeah, so if I am to excel in this, I really need, I think I need to know, the, I need to have the know-how exactly on what to do and what to do and how and how to do it right. Yeah. So for me this year, I'm just taking time as much as probably I'll be acting, yes, but when it comes to production, majorly mm. I am just out to plan as I prepare to, you know, do, you know, do something even better and bigger next year when it comes to production. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, 2020 is an amazing or like you guys say 2020. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a fantastic opportunity. We have a, we started a new decade. And uh, I think that the opportunities are immense, you know. There are so many platforms now for people to showcase their work. And we could even create more of those. Mm. And now also sensitizing people is important. And now you spoke about I'll go back, like when you said Balinala, you know, before you went, you know, someone spoke to you about what to expect and all that. So maybe there's space for that as well, you know. Just getting people to understand what they need to prepare for when they're going to these international training opportunities because a lot of us just arrive, we're so excited, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And then they're like, uh, okay. So what do I do? What do I do? Exactly. Do I do? You exactly. Know? And how to choose the important things to do well there. Because as much as you're in the program, they give you an opportunity to, during your free time, decide, create your own timetable in terms of who would I want to meet, why. You know, I think it's important what you said before, that it's good for you to actually, even before you go, mm. be very prepared. Yeah, because you can get there and miss out on a very wonderful opportunity. Why? Because you're just not prepared, or yeah. you just didn't know what it entails for you to be in that kind of a setting. Yeah. So getting people prepared, in, just in case you get yourself into these platforms, is yeah. also very important. Yeah. Would you say like um, having your portfolio ready? When I say portfolio, I mean like business cards. Yeah. And, um, for actors, show reels. Yeah. You know. You know, at what point do you get that together? Mm-hmm. You know, all these are things that I feel like, I mean, just a lot of people don't even have a showreel. That's true. And that's something that's already a, kind of like a calling card for you. Like mm-hmm. You can already show like clips of the work you've done. Yeah. You can already post that, post that online. And if you don't have a business card ready, you just say, oh, I have the link to my showreel. Can mm-hmm. I send that to you? Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick. Yeah. Then someone's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That, that your work is interesting. Mm-hmm. But also updated. Showreels. Updated showreels. Because some of me have a showreel that's from like uh, 2015, you know? And you're like, guy, we're in 2020. Like, but then now as an actor at times, or even as a producer, I just haven't done anything since 2016 2018. <laughs> what do I do now, Sab? Which showreel do I do? <laughs> I have had this discussion with actors a lot of them. We're like, I... No one has cast me in anything. My God, it's the, it's the last one I did is like three years ago. Now, yeah, but you know that's the thing. Also, that now the thing is that we so we, we should stop being <laughs> consumers of opportunities and be creators of. In Uganda, they used to say they, our president tends to say this thing: "Oh, you should be job creators and not job whatever." I'm like, that's easy to say mm. if I don't have the <laughs> infrastructure in place. But now, you know what? 
there are opportunities. Look, no one said that there is a rule on how you make your film or how, how long it has to be. You just have to do something. Mm. Get a scene. Because like, there's also this, you could have this idea where you reenact a scene from a movie. Mm. You say, like, say, the popular now is Irishman. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, this scene has two actors. We're going to sit at this restaurant. Oh, there's this fantastic scene in Reservoir Dogs by Quentin Tarantino, that movie. Mm-hmm. The first scene where they're like in this restaurant, this mm-hmm. diner, and they're talking. Mm-hmm. You could reenact that. Offenses. Exactly. Oh. Record that. Yeah. Put that in. Say, this is a demo. And you label it demo from Fences. Fences. And I'm playing the character you play. Yeah. That already shows people your abilities. Otherwise, if you're waiting yeah. for people... To call you me, out. I'm sorry, I'm not going to listen. This excuse of... It's not an excuse. Oh, wait, this reason yeah, that... Yeah. That, oh, I haven't done anything since 2017. Mm-hmm. Wait, what have you been doing? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, go on, learn been... a monologue. Go and shoot it. Yeah. No one's stopping you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the technology is fantastic. It's fantastic. Right? Like, you have these phones that do so many amazing things. Exactly. You know, you could stage it. You get your friends, you know. Ooh. I mean, when you... And the thing also that, uh, that, that surprises me, that actors do not take time to know the crew members. <laughs> you know? They get on what? set. That's they see, see the sound guy, the cinematographer, the director. The director they will want to know. And mm. the cinematographer. Yeah. And but, actually even the cinematographer from an actor's perspective, not really. Yeah. Probably the AD because of schedules. Yeah. As an actor, I want to know the AD so that when I think I'm running late or I won't be able to make it on this and this day, then I can, you know, sort of, you know, yeah. slide in my excuse and get to this. But there's something that I learned, which I'm so glad that you've mentioned this. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, I did a film, a feature film that's meant to come out this year. This is 2020. Yeah, so it's, it's had a whole year of edit. Mm-hmm. When I was on this set, and because we were staying out of Nairobi, we were shooting in Mombasa, yeah. then you had no choice. Mm. You had to know everyone who's crew member. And that is how, as an actor, I got to know the crew members. And apparently when I was shooting my film as a producer, yeah. do you know how much that one came in handy? Yeah. I was like, oh, you, you remember? Yeah, like I knew, oh, there's a DOP I can pull in, there is. But then, okay, that aside, I just think it's very important for every actor in your set. Please yeah. know your crew. Yeah, take time Please to, know to, your to time, take time to learn their names. Yes. Because yes, you know, this is the thing, and, and I, I'm I'm grateful that I worked for One Fine Day Films because yes. the number of crew members I interacted with in so many different departments is immense. Mm-hmm. Like those are the guys I tend to call, oh by the way, I'm doing this thing. Are you interested? Mm-hmm. Those guys will come in handy, and I've been able to shoot a couple of short films because of those relationships that have been built. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I feel that everyone should know everyone. Everyone, I agree, a hundred percent, I do. Yeah, because now we're in, we're in a, what I think it's wonderful that our industry requires you to be a generalist, mm-hmm. like learn like five <laughs> professions. Yes. Because you're not always going to be a sound guy. You're not always mm. going to be a cinematographer. One day you might be. Uh, okay, production design is a bit of a oh, that one specialized, but no, but the thing is, you should you're, you're going to be doing so many different things. Yeah. Every short film I do, I'm different things, even this feature film we did recently. You know, I was a production manager, I'm also co producing. You know, another film I was like, I did like, I was the producer, I was uh, an AD at some point, I was uh, a light, lighting and rip assistant, you know. You're doing so many things, so you can't you can't not know other people. Mm. You know, it's a thing. Like, but for actors, it's just this thing. Just about us as actors, we tend to be. I don't know. We just sideline. This is that thing. Even on set, you'd find the crew sits on one side. I don't know why it happens like that, if, or if you've ever seen it. Mm. Actors, we pull ourselves to one corner, and then the crew. They, they sort of just sit on another corner like that. Yeah. I wonder why, but I think it should be a very interactive kind of thing so that you're able to, you know, everyone can be able to know everyone. Yeah, no, and funny, um, at least the sets have been on. There's just been interaction. Oh, Although yeah. when I was uh, I was doing a, <coughs> excuse me, 
have the opportunity of working on Queen of the Tree. It's filmed by Disney. I know this one. Yes, and uh, yeah, the crew, I was in crew really, so actors didn't really interact with the crew, mm-hmm. like you said. Mm-hmm. But in the short films I've worked on here, Nairobi, it's, um, I mean, everyone sits everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sit with her. And I'm not always sitting with the same people. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always floating around because usually I'm the producer or mm-hmm. like the manager. So it's, I'm always trying to interact with other people, kind of get a sense of what, what's happening with them, mm-hmm. how, what's their stage, you know, mm-hmm. because it's important. I mean, I'm, I'm dealing, my job requires me to deal with people. Deal with people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And also, the thing about interacting with other people is that they enhance your job. Mm-hmm. No one wants. Uh, an impossible person on set. <laughs> and actors have been accused of this. Why? Oh, being know. impossible. I know. Oh. Yeah. You've cast a Mojuma. Ah, that one. That one. But I think also that one comes just out of an actor not being a. Just talk, just talk to people. Yeah. Exactly. We know you're learning your lines. We, yeah. we know you need to get into character, but just talk to people. Yeah, you know, take always, some time off and just get to know people. You're not always in character <laughs> during, like, even during lunch. Sure, oh, you can't always be. Actors usually like where me. I'm thinking I need to be in my space because now if I talk to people at this time, I'm gonna lose out of my character. We say that enough times, but I think it's time. It's good also to just you know step out of that kidogo and know people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been fun. It's been real. I think we'll have another one sometime in the future. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so many things to say. So yeah. Many, like, it's, um, it's, a, it's a whole world of out there. Mm-hmm. You know, with the wealth of opportunities continues to grow. Exactly. It's, uh, it's a great time to be here, I think. Yeah, yeah. I know. Thank you for being part of the Take 6 podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to leave questions, comments, and suggestions on what you would like to hear on the show on our Facebook page at Take Six Film. The show was produced, mixed, and edited by Brad Maseretti. This podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and on our Facebook page. Please take a moment to subscribe, give us a rating, and share with others. For now, and until next episode, it's a wrap.